I've barely survived this moth infestation. At first it was funny. I'm like making TikTok videos because like there's skunks happening. No, today I finally got it clean. It's a bit much, isn't it? Oh, I was so tired. Today is my 25th wedding anniversary. Happy imagination. I know, I know. <laughs> my 20th anniversary, we spent apart because we were moving again. And I was like staying in one town. He was in another. This anniversary, he worked all day. He came home. I was just totally gross. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't make a big deal out of that shit. So he's like, Gigi, go on your podcast. You haven't been on in a while. I don't want you to blow off your new friends. <laughs> I threw some food in front of him and I was like, good night. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so okay with that. How shitty would it be if it was like, after 25 years, a person was still like super clingy or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. How are you, brother Renji? Fat. I mean, I can definitely hear him playing with it. <laughs> oh. You're not supposed to do that on a Zoom, okay? There was this guy a couple of years ago during the pandemic that got into trouble. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Tubin. He's back on TV. Oh, well, good for him. Like, he just had to rub one out. I mean, you know. It was business up top and party at the bottom. <laughs> and somebody was bound to do something horrifying on a Zoom call during the pandemic. It was just going to happen. We had a lawyer once appear in court as a cat. He had a filter on that his kids put on that, like, made him look like a kitty cat. And he didn't know? No, you could see it. He's like, Your Honor, I'm here, but I I'm not a cat. And the judge is like, I can see. <laughs> the, the fact that somebody can redeem themselves from public masturbation on Zoom. <laughs> I guess we hope for humanity in a way. Should we never have a paycheck again because one time we ranked it in front of our colleagues? I don't know. I don't think it's something you should have been fired. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's something that should have never happened. They shouldn't go to prison for it anyway. <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world to have happened. No, I don't care. <laughs> and everybody does it, just not everybody does it on Zoom. That's right. In front of their colleagues. <laughs> well, Gigi, I love your car. It's a 1968 teal blue El Camino. It's beautiful. It's a rust bucket, but it's beautiful. And a guy I bought it from a few years ago, he wrapped it around a telephone pole. <laughs> and became uninterested in the project. Somebody had ran into my car and I needed a truck to haul a kayak and I found this on freaking Craigslist and I never would have thought I could fall in love with a car. I bought that car the day that there was a royal wedding. It was Meg and what's his face? Fuck face. The ones that live in Malibu. Prince Harry. Yeah, they give him such a hard time. They're such nice people. They all look like they're missing a chromosome except for Megan. I named the car Camille. Camilla, because oh, I was watching the wedding, yes. and I told the guy, I said, it's just like a man to take a car and ruin it, and then just get disinterested <laughs> in the lovely broad. I'm like, I will take her, and I will get her fixed up, and I will marry her. Oh, you're going to get it fixed up. It's such a beautiful, <laughs> rusting patina that if I ever do get that back end fixed, I'm going to keep that back end, and I'm going to have it mounted on my fireplace. Oh, you're not going to fix her back end, because it's Already no, perfect. I think I'm going to leave the crash into, like, uh, she's so beautiful. Like, I did not know, because I was not a car person, that if you are a average looking lady and you want attention from men, go get yourself some old rust bucket of a car and every man is going to want to look under your hood. <laughs> like, it's the weirdest.
weirdest thing. Just be careful about which hood they look under, okay? I promise that doesn't happen if you own like an 84 Toyota Corolla. No. It's pretty car specific, but it strikes me as the kind of car that someone might put really fancy suspension on so they can drop it and raise it and do all kinds of crap like that with it. Like pop and lock and all of that stuff. Yeah. See, when I had to go get a transmission put in, I talked to the guy and he's like, you can spend so much money if you want to. If you want to drop $100,000, you can totally do that easier. Because I'm like, how much is it to kind of just fix her up on the inside, you know? He's like, uh, you'd like me to fix her up on the inside, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> I'm going to have my casket put into the back of her and like, you know, drop me in her ravine. Let's push the whole thing off a cliff. Bella and Louise, totally. I got a deal on that 68, man. Like the guy sold it to me for barely anything because the guy that tried to buy it from him before that kept stalling it out and then tried to offer him a low ball. And he's like, no, motherfucker, I'm not going to sell it to you. You're an asshole. <laughs> it was a stick shift. He's like, if you can drive it, I'm like, yeah, of course. My first car was a tractor. Right. You know what I mean? talking to. I am not kidding. He was surprised when I could drive it. So he let me buy it from him. But now I'm really in trouble because now I have to spend money on it to get it fixed up. Well, I can't wait to see the repair job. It's a labor of love, Gigi. I like it. So, Brother Benjamin, what have you been up to? You saw Stevie Nicks oh, wow. last week. How old yeah. is Stevie Nicks? 74. Holy fuck. Yeah, she was really good. Actually, she's looking pretty good for 74. She sings pretty well, too. You know, people don't really age the same way they used to. There's reasons for that. Not if they take care of themselves anyway. You can still age that way if you want. <laughs> the hairstyles. You know how women used to keep their hair in like these tight curls and then they would get like gray and there would be tight curls, you know? <laughs> so then you could tell like a certain age of a lady just by her hair and whether or not she was willing to give up those tight curls. It's so much harder now to tell. Thank God. <laughs> I think the other reason it's harder to tell is because women have really good HRT. If you're bold enough to take it, don't do menopause, women. It kills you, okay? Menopause is your body dying. Don't do it. There was an article that just came out that they're trying to extend a woman's life fertility. They shouldn't be worried about that. They should just be worried about like extending the life and maybe shortening the fertility cycle. <laughs> what I'm saying is the hormones that go with it. it. It really is. So it's like if you could extend the age of that before her bones start deteriorating. Yeah, no, I hear you. And all these other crappy things start to happen. That's yeah. Right. Oh yeah, it's all kinds of horrible going camping in the desert. Which desert? Just north and west of the Salt Lake. I bet it's really pretty. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Burning Man. I have. This is not Burning Man, but it's a regional burn sponsored by the same organization. A regional burn? <laughs> oh, how fun. Do they set up a little town and everything? I've never heard of that. So if you live in the Bay Area during Burning Man, oh my God. It's crazy <laughs> because it seems like everybody in America is like heading towards Burning Man. Like all of these janky trailers with bicycles off the end. It's a lot of traffic. And then you see them all come back because they're covered. Covered in lice. No, they're covered in dirt because they just got back from camping a week. STIs? And like Black Rock where everybody's been living in the desert for a week. But how long is it? Because I've never been. This one's going to be four nights. So Wednesday through Sunday. And by the end of it, everybody's going to be dirty and tired and hungover and strung out. It's all those signs <laughs> of a good time. I've never been to any of those events. This will be my first one of its kind. Wow. You're going to have to come back and give me a review. Yes, give us a review. 
And are you going with friends or family or anything like that? Friends. That sounds for the best. <laughs> what are you taking for exchange? Yeah, what is your currency? Well, I'm with a camp that does wine tastings. Ah! <laughs> oh, this is the fancy Burning Man. They've been doing this for years and I'm just like hitching a ride with them. That's the way to go. But that's our theme. Good wine with real stemware and cool. tasting notes. Bringing it up a notch. <laughs> Glamping. Sweeping a really high-end experience <laughs> to the desert. <laughs> Putting a grease. I'm excited for you. I like your theme. <laughs> Can you take nice photos? Your desert down there near Utah just looks so picturesque whenever I see photos. This is not the southern Utah desert. That's the pretty desert. This is the, yep, that's a desert. I'm sure it has its own beauty, okay? <laughs> How many people are going to be at this thing, do you think? Something around 2,000. Awesome. Okay, so they're going to have enough for like a town type of a situation? It's mini compared to Burning Man, but it will be a dozen theme camps or something. It's Oh, that's awesome. Substantial. Burning Man out here has really gotten very big. Like it started with a guy on a beach in San Francisco and it turned into something very corporate. People in their private jets are coming down and with their butlers, not even like what the whole idea was supposed to be. So it's kind of cool that they've got little offshoots that can kind of return to the roots of the whole idea. I'm not sleeping in a tent. I've got a pop-up camper. Oh, perfect. Two queen-size beds. So Nice. It's a good size one. I've got my brother's kids coming for a week. That sounds like hell, frankly, JG. I'll be honest, if my brother hadn't died, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be taking him in like this. Their mother is Mormon. They have two children. Josh married another lady. I'm like their only family on this side in the area, so I kind of feel like I'm grandma now. Are they Mormon kids? Did she stay Mormon? She is. She remarried. They go to church, but they do not believe necessarily. Like, she's not uh, the type to push it. Are they nuanced Mormons? Yeah. And we're in California, so it's not quite as strict. We're going to go to Universal Studios. You like roller coasters, don't <laughs> It you? is the only place that I can scream as much as I want without <laughs> anyone questioning what I'm doing or why. I love saying semi-appropriate things on roller coasters. I remember the first time that I went on a roller coaster upside down. I was an adult and I'd been scared all my life of doing this. I went to Dreamworld, which I'll never go to again because they had that ride accident where a person died. Yeah, fuck that. I've been on that ride. Ooh. It's a very well-known ride. Anyway, I'm getting on this ride and I just lost all my fear. It was like this weird emotional thing and I went on there and I was like, oh yeah, this is real coffee. Uh, anyway. No, it gets your endorphins going. It's uh, it you know, it's like a natural high. Uh-huh. So I'm going to take him to some museums. and Oh, like, uh, don't do that. I don't have children, but I'll take do <laughs> children for a week. If you've got it like an aquarium you can take him to where they can touch eels and shit. I was going to take him to some of these interactive museums in LA. Yes. They're like immersive Van Gogh. Oh, really? <laughs> you get to chop off your own ear. <laughs> they don't really tell you what it is. They want you to be surprised, I think. Here's a pair of scissors. <laughs> <laughs> they have all different kinds. They have something like that here. They have Monet. They're doing one. The pictures make me think it might not be age appropriate for too young of children. <laughs> they had this one photo of a person sitting in a room of pillows, but all of the pillows were shaped like humans, pale flesh colored like my skin, but they were all also 
like naked ladies. Wow. <laughs> like blow up dolls. Oh, that's what they were. But they were plastic. <laughs> the installation is called Flitter. As in glitter. It's in LA. <laughs> and one of the rooms is full of what I can only describe as blow up dolls not made of plastic, but made of like pillow material and not graphic. Made as if somebody had a squiggly felt tip marker and like made the drawing of what they think a blow up doll looks like. Big lips, big eyes, hair. And then hair down there. I don't know. I think it's easier just to dial up some porn. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was researching what to do with my niece and nephew, and this is what comes up. <laughs> now, then I did a little bit more research, and it turns out that Lady Gaga's like theater designer had designed some of the theater art. She's very avant-garde. And I thought I might not take the kids to that, but that would be something I would do because it looked really, really cool. It does sound cool. No, that sounds fun. Brad would say that they're just COVID cesspools waiting to happen. Oh, who cares? Just get COVID. It's okay. We've all probably had it. In one form or another at this point. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get it. If we haven't, it's going to happen. Might as well get it out of the way. What about Mormon news? Jane sent me this article about the church. New Zealand. In New Zealand. I couldn't really work out what it was saying at the end there. I didn't get to the end. I was like, "Eh, I don't really care about how they built a freaking religious school. Well, they've got these 30 houses that I think they were originally going to bulldoze. They didn't report on it very well, but I'm I'm thinking that's what they were trying to say. I really wish people would write better. I'm saying this all the time. Whenever I read stuff, Write better for fuck's sake. I'm editing a novel at the moment and I go over and over it to see if I can make it clearer, easier to read, more natural flow. I just don't think people give a flying fuck about any of that. They just churn out shit and be like, oh, I can still make money off it. Lazy writing is so much easier. (laughs) And that just means it's wordier and crappier and harder on the reader. That's right. It's just like Mormon stories then. (laughs) Good writing is painful for the writer, but easy on the reader. And that's why the whole Book of Mormon is miserable. It was easy on the guy talking. He was just talking out of his ass, blah, 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 blah. That's easy to do. Uh. Now to edit it is difficult, but I don't think anybody did that. And so the reader has the hardest time. (laughs) Anyway, my assumption is they were originally going to bulldoze 30 homes. I think that some of the teachers of the school were living in, but then they decided not to because someone kicked up a fuss. And then I think they're going to resell them or something, but they're going to sell them with cover on them so that they only get a certain type of person in there. Mm. It sounds like what the article is getting at, that maybe they're trying to get Mormons in there. Yeah. I really don't know what they were saying at the end. And the weird thing with New Zealand is apparently there's money coming from Salt Lake into New Zealand as opposed to it being a net flow the other way, which it usually is, apparently. Here's the thing. What is the population there? It's going to be easy to tap it out. It's mostly sheep, I think, Gigi. Right? So it's not a very huge huge population like <laughs> that's where all the best <laughs> wool comes from they must have tapped it out pretty quick and then now they've got a lot of like 
property there. I think so. But I'm surprised that they're not somehow making more money there. But again, I wouldn't know how they were making money in a lot of countries. The article made the point again, and rightly so, that it's no longer useful for them to collect money from their members. They just don't need it. They could keep investing and reinvesting and growing themselves without any money from members. What's it even for? Why are they even continuing to do it? You're right. It's not just about the money. It's about the psychology. It's magic. It is sort of magic. If you get people to invest in a thing and put their time and their resources and their whatever in it, then you built up sunk cost. Oh, I know. And then it's harder to walk away. Right. Like you put 20 grand into uh, your El Camino and it's still not quite where you want it to be. (laughs) You know, when you started, you were never going to spend 30 grand, but here you are 30 grand in and you still haven't done the back end. Oh, you put 25 years with someone and it's like it's hard to leave them then, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those kind of things. Like for real, I think it is. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. It's so true. I used to tell my husband, I'm like, I'm not divorcing you. You haven't started paying off yet. (laughs) The training is so long. He's been a doctor forever. That's right. He's been a paid doctor. Okay, there's a difference. No, he's got to stick it out a bit longer. Between being a resident and a fellow and like a doctor that gets paid. And then you can be one of the housewives of somewhere. Right, and I'm like, does it look like he's paying off? There's a skunk happening. There's a moth infestation. What the fuck? But we're still married because it hasn't paid off yet. I think he finds you amusing. I am his social lubricant. He doesn't want to deal with people. I've noticed. I've been listening to five or six episodes of Mormon Stories. Oh, John DeLynn's podcast, yeah. God, I wish they'd edit it. It's so lazy. The information in there is good, but it's so disrespectful to make a three-hour podcast and say so little. Your point has been so well taken that they're making two versions of it now. They are making like an edited version, but some people like the long version. I got so annoyed. This is what I sent to Luke. I've got 3.5 of those Mormon Stories episodes you recommended to go. I think if I hear, like I said, or I don't mean to, one more time, I'm going to take this phone and throw it at a wall really hard. Anyway, that's how I feel about those episodes. Let me defend the long version, okay? I listen to it either when I'm cleaning the house and I need something to listen to that I don't really need to listen to. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> or when I'm going to sleep. Like, thank you, Mormon Stories. Kind of soothing. You know, it's like people talking in the background. It's kind of like white noise. And sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I can kind of hear it and I'll catch a good story and then I'll fall back asleep. And it goes on for three freaking hours. So you can do that like all night long. I put it on when I'm figuring out regular expressions. I think on the last episode, I left uh, quite bemused because I, I couldn't really understand what James was getting at. But listening to the Mormon Stories explained things that shouldn't have been in the rewrite, but it did end up in the rewrite. It wasn't just me thinking, what is with all of these fucking plates? Joseph is having a hissy fit here, trying to over-explain because he knows he's in trouble. And it sounds like he's over-explaining things in that last chapter we read of Words of Mormon. I like to call him Momo because he's a mo. All right, so let's listen to this first (laughs) clip. So Joseph Smith orders too many of these thingies. Some of the most best-selling authors wouldn't have attempted a 5,000 initial print run um, in 1830 anyway. So this was twice the the regular amount. Yeah, it's pretty audacious. And it cost a lot of money too. $3,000 was the collateral, is that right? That's right. 
<laughs> I owed it twice. What a regular good author. <laughs> what a- How audacious. So audacious of him. I like that this is audacious and not a super con. <laughs> Most authors would only fleece the uh, unsuspecting farmer for half as many copies. Audacious. That's right. Do you think that going on missions makes young Mormons audacious? You can come back with a bigger testimony or no testimony. And by that she means you can come back fat or you can come back skinny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's different for everyone. I think that someone has made the calculation that having them go is better than not having them go in terms of retention. Uh, Okay. Partly, I think, for the same reasons that the more you put in it, the harder it is to walk away. Right. I don't know if you've ever talked on the show about how they push the age back from 19 to 18. No, they're getting them younger before they've formed all their ideas, aren't they? I think it's before they do that year in college. Where they hook up with random people. So you get them like right after high school graduation. They don't have all that time to go out there and see the world a little bit and hop onto Tinder. Establish a life slightly apart from mom and dad or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Your brain's not even done developing until you're 24-ish. 25, 26. Yeah. I don't think mine was done till I was 32. Actually, maybe it's still not done. How old am I again? Mine's not done yet. Mine's peaked. This is peak Benji. It's like my back. It's not as flexible as it used to be. Oh, dear. Yeah. I hear you. Thou shalt not covet thine own property, the Lord said, but impart it freely to the printing of the Book of Mormon. It didn't really work out for Martin. He did lose his farm. Kind of the worst fear was realized as, as he was putting it all on the line. It didn't really work out for Martin. <laughs> this is horrible. And these podcasters are like talking about it like it's no big deal. When I heard don't covet thine own property, there was something inside of me that just felt so bad. That is such a con job. I don't think that message actually came directly from Joseph. I think this is something that Martin generated in his own mind that he thinks God told him. That's the level of control that Joseph had over him. This is a long con. By the time he actually asks for the $3,000, he's been working this guy for so long. There is psychological magic going on here. Oh, yeah. In fact, there's people that do that professionally and admit it. They work in Vegas and stuff. What are they called? Mentalists or something? Yeah. Apparently, he got repaid for it though later. Once the book became successful, then he did all right. But still, fuck that, you know. And it's easy to spend somebody else's money and be like, oh, yeah, that was a big audacious thing for him to do, to go and order this many copies. And he lost his wife as well. Like, it split up his family, really. Right. This was like the worst MLM story ever. (laughs) She's spending all this time, like, trying to convince him to cut it out, and she's a woman in mid-19th century America. She has not much in the way of power, but she tries really hard. If you're a woman that has any kind of voice, but no power, I mean, I would go crazy. I would pull my hair out. It feels so shitty. Have you felt that way as an adult? Oh, God. Going and practicing law in Texas in certain areas, I walk in and they all think I'm the court reporter all the time, you know? Uh, those fuckers. To feel powerless, like that is a horrible feeling. Sometimes you feel that way on behalf of your clients. What about you, Brother Benjamin? I bet men feel powerless about things too. Raising children. Climate, environment, lots of macro forces in the world. I went down a Google hole. (laughs) 
about that little quote. Don't covet your own property. Yeah, that was visceral for me too. I was curious. It's actually in the Doctrine and Covenants. Is it really? You know, that book of Joseph Smith's Revelations, the introduction to it says it was a commandment of God and not of man to Martin Harris, given by him who is eternal. So Joseph had one of his visions and that's where it comes from. Oh, it really is as bad as it sounds. So manipulative. It felt so bad. Yeah. It was Joseph telling it to Martin. You know, it's a big freaking long 41 verses all aimed at this one dude. Who was Abner Cole? He was printing his own newspapers, was using the same press that Joseph Smith was, and so he saw excerpts of the Book of Mormon and he would include them and print them. And I think that he would write sarcastic things, you know, about them to make them seem, of course, less credible. If you think you are the best man, Abner said, just pull off your coat and try it. There is law, Joseph responded, and you will find that out if you did not know it before. Abner knew he was on the wrong side of the law. He calmed down and stopped printing excerpts from the Book of Mormon in his newspaper. Okay, I love this guy. I Wikipedia'd him. <laughs> he was also known by his pen name, Obadiah Dogberry Esquire. Oh, that's awesome. Is there a picture of him? Is he handsome? There's no picture, but in my mind, uh... he looks like a lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> He was one of the earliest critics of the spiritual claims of Joseph Smith. He was legit free thought. These women on this podcast think that Joseph Smith is the one with the cojones in this situation when I'm sorry, people, it is Obadiah Dogberry Esquire. Uh-huh. My man. Oh, Dogberry, bring your berries this way. The initial price of the Book of Mormon was decreased significantly in an effort to sell copies in Palmyra, but it just wasn't successful. And so the missionaries essentially go on the road to find people who are open and willing to listen. Missionaries, eh? This is also called door-to-door salesmen. (laughs) (laughs) They have a book to sell. That sounds like what it is. It's like we couldn't sell it at home. We got to sell it elsewhere. People use that talking point. It's like, oh, Prophet is never accepted in his hometown. Palmyra is not really his hometown anyway. He wasn't accepted anyway. (laughs) He just wanted to move product and he couldn't. I mean, I don't know how it is now, but when I was out there, it was suggested that we request a donation in exchange for a Book of Mormon. Not that we were giving very many of them away anyway. And there was a program where your family could buy you some and send them to you. Is that how it usually worked? The ones you gave out were bought by your family? They didn't send me like a case of or anything now. Probably gave out less than 10 the entire time I was there. Like, Well done. They were not flying off the shelves. <laughs> you know, and your family's paying in general, at least if they can afford it, they're paying for your mission. Yeah, the church isn't funding that. Will the church be able to reposition itself more liberally and survive or just die? <laughs> I think it dies either way. Oh, yay. I love it. Or at least it keeps shrinking. Anyone who's loudly liberal, like, you know, I think policy X really needs to change is getting kicked out still. So if you're going to be really progressive, you got to be pretty quiet about it. But we've seen with Rusty, if the right guy gets in charge and just starts imposing his will, then you never know what might happen. So you get one of the open-minded sort of people and he lives long enough to get the job. Is there anyone on the Quorum of Twelve that that could 
could possibly be. He seems a bit more open-minded. The German guy, Dieter Uchtdorf, is the one that everybody references. I think the church has reached a critical peak of wealth and humanity that it will never disappear. Or if the downline on your multi-level marketing company is mostly in your ward. Right. It's really important that you stay in good graces. Ah, isn't that a head trip? Because it's MLM within an MLM. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. That's how it works. Some of them in our ward went to prison for felony convictions. Following in Joseph's footsteps. Right. During like the housing bubble in like 2006, <laughs> seven before 2008, like before it got bad, people were like forging mortgage documents in some escrow company. They were keeping up with the Smiths. And I realized how many people were in this business in the church when I realized how many people like got put away for it. There's a lot of overlapping business between members of the church and like what they do outside because they meet people and then they hire people and they kind of have these relationships that intermingle with the church. Oh, she's so cute. We just had somebody set up fireworks, so the dogs have all gotten scared. Oh, pudding. Molly goes under my skirt. I know. I saw that TikTok. Oh my gosh, she's so funny. At least she's not crawling up your pant leg. No. That'd be worse. Doesn't do that. <laughs> While you're high. <laughs> oh, I was so bummed I missed the episode where Jones got that package of my painting. Oh. Did he even put his name on the freaking package right? No, like, you didn't. But... but I wrapped it up in pretty paper. I had it all wrapped up in like purple and pink. You focus on the bit that was fun for you. Right, and not anything else. And just assume that the rest was cool. That's exactly how it works. You know, there's pills for that, Gigi, but you know what? I wouldn't worry about it. You're (laughs) just say, yeah. Not until I have to go back to work. (laughs) That's right. Then you're going to need all the Adderall under the sun. And a lobotomy. (laughs) Oh, my God. The support of Joseph Smith's family is noteworthy that they too were converted by Joseph Smith's experiences. I don't think they were converted. I just think they're all in on it. Hey, we'll never know. That's a form of conversion. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Isn't it kind of like having a family business, like how Ivanka worked for Trump? Oh, it so is. Does she really believe like that there was like a fraud? Right. No. Trump even wrote a book that he didn't really write, remember? Just like Smitty. <laughs> but you know where your bread is buttered. And who's paying the bills now that Joseph Smith is starting to finally sell some of these stupid books of Mormon? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of incentive to believe. What the hell is Ivanka doing with Jared, though? That just doesn't look right. There's an extreme paucity of masculinity in that man for such a woman that is so feminine. And that's just not usually how it goes when you're that rich. I think she was looking at his pocketbook and his ability to be led. Maybe. Maybe, but she's rich. Yeah, but dad's money is iffy, both because he's a fickle asshole and because he's not actually a very good businessman, where Kushner's are old money, yes. relatively speaking. You don't need to have a lot of masculinity when you've got generational wealth. Yeah. Oh. That's its own form of testosterone. That's how the quorum of 12 do it, isn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I hope your country works itself out so that it's safe enough for me to come and visit one day. We might be skinnier without Texas soon. Well, thank you so much for helping me again this episode, and I'll see you both. I guess this is my new normal.